We're riding on the internet, cyberspace set free. Hello, virtual reality. Interactive appetite, searching for a website, a window to the world, got to get online. Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set, you're going surfing on the internet. Okay guys, the first thing that you need to know is that the internet is amazing and it's changing every day. Once you've learned how to get online yourselves, you'll start seeing web pages everywhere. TV shows have them, schools, Disney World, even the White House. What's a web page? Something ducks walk on? Ha ha, very funny. There are three important services you can access on the internet. Surfing the World Wide Web. Surfing? That sounds pretty cool already. And or don't interrupt. Go on, Peter. Then there are news groups to share information with people. And then there's email. Email? I heard that's really neat. My cousin has a pen pal in Sweden, and they write back and forth, and it transmits right away and doesn't cost anything. Yeah, you can even talk with people all over the world on chat lines. Don't they have chess games and stuff like that, too? Yup, they got more stuff than you can imagine. So, where should we start? Want to write a letter to President Clinton? Would he answer us? I bet he would. Let's tell him how much we love the internet and that he should try to get more computers for our schools. But how do we even look up the White House? You type www.whitehouse.gov. Dear Mr. President, My name is Peter. And my sister is Dasha. Our friends Lisa and Andrew came over today. Sincerely, Andrew, Lisa, Peter, and Dasha. You're going surfing on the internet. Fucking Clinton's responding to that email. <laughs> you know? Oh, hold on. Oh. Nice. What's up? That is that is an amazing uh, intro. I, I've actually watched that um, actual video to, to mine for ideas at, at one point. So I've seen that, and I do enjoy the way that you did it. You showed a lot of patience in, 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 in looking through more of the clips of, of that. It's a pretty lengthy video. For, for a little more than I did. Yeah. So well done. Yeah, I did some editing, obviously. There's a, did you see the version where they fucking edit in, like, making fun of everybody? No. It's all after that little kid. I was like, is that, like, ducks or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> they put in, like, oh, yeah. Like, just fucking. That <laughs> oh, was, that God, I love it. It's all an email. By the way, though, it's... what I didn't edit was that note to Bill Clinton, where he's like, uh, it's me and my sister, and our friends came over, and that's it. <laughs> so good. Not edited at all. Maybe he'll write us back. <laughs> hey, what's dude, up, everybody? What's up, friends? It's, it's uh, uh, what, what episode? 68 of the Mezzanine Sleepover. 60, we're 68. Al- yeah. We're almost at a milestone. <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> Big milestone tune in, episode. Tune in next week, where we, where we act extremely juvenile about it. <laughs> of course. It is... Uh, well, it is on or around November twenty eighth, two thousand and sixteen, yes. and I am your pal, 
at Sleep with Five Eyes or Sleep. <laughs> and I'm uh, at Megamix.com, all one word. Not a website. That's on Twitter, folks. That's right. So yeah. where where do we begin? We're going to get into uh, some 90s music today. Yes, we haven't done 90s music in a while. But before we do that, of course, yeah. we uh, haven't spoken in a couple of weeks. That's and, right. We uh, do uh, we do multiple tapings. So we we the, our, uh, we recorded our our Force Awakens podcast a week before you heard it. So now we're back. So we're Arjun fuck? in charge, ready to go. Where the fuck do we begin? What? There's where? a lot of things to talk about. So where, where do we want to start? Do we just want to get right into uh, jet stuff on this podcast? What? <laughs> Uh, sure, sure. What what uh, what are you thinking? I mean, there's not a heck of a lot to say about the Jets. I mean, you know, it's uh, just another just another Jets season, I guess. You know what? I haven't watched a game in. I haven't watched their last six games. I, I well, they lost I, five of them, so there you go. I'm not avoiding them on purpose. I'm just fucking doing shit when the games are on. So well, you're a busy man. When that Chicago game was on, I was in uh, Fredericton. Trying to That's watch, right. a, trying to watch a stream, but the internet at the hotel was so bad that I just watched Twitter. And well, because you can get you can get play by play on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, play by play with with fucking people basically like verbally filleting the Jets in uh, in between because yes. they won that game, and it was like, oh, this team making me believe. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, all the doubters wrong. All the haters, and uh, you know, hey. The Jets on a big time winning streak. Things are going to go really well. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> Five games and, later. Well, and the excuses are out. The excuses are out, and uh, that's nice. So, um, they, so they they went on a road trip, by the way, for those of you that don't know, and lost five in a row. Yep. And and some extremely convincingly lost. Like you know, mustering up twelve shots against Boston. I think <laughs> so- seventeen against Carolina. Yesterday they lose five one. Like they're getting their little asses kicked. Yep. And uh, so now, of course, a couple of things are happening. Uh, some of the naysayers are coming back out. <laughs> yeah. But also, yep. where do we begin with the excuses? My, my favorite was after the Carolina game, I believe, where they had 17 shots. Yes. And Troy Westwood is like, so proud of that effort. <laughs> yeah. Be proud, boys. And <laughs> You're like, what? Why? <laughs> It's like, you're in the media. Like, shouldn't you be concerned? Isn't it your job to ask questions? It's like, oh, that was the fourth loss in a row. Still not competitive. And this member of the media is like, great job, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's, this, is, this season is, is great because it's, it's just it's the microcosm of the whole thing. It's like you've got all the classic things going on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really, uh, it's really brought the whole, uh, you know, six, almost six years of existence wrapped up into a nice package. <laughs> so you, well, both of us <laughs> got a couple of good, uh, takes in there yesterday. Well, yesterday I, and the, the, after the Nashville game, um, I was like, I'd been pretty quiet. I've been pretty quiet this year. Cause honestly, I don't care a whole hell of a lot. Like I have no expectations of this team. None. And so, you know, I'll watch a little bit here and there, pay a little bit of attention. But, you know, the last the last couple of weeks, it's, things have kind of amped up a little bit. You know, people are getting uh, a little uh, a little upset. 
So I just thought, you know, let's just let's just take a look. Because the team is just as futile as, as, as their predecessor, the Atlanta Thrashers. And so my tweet was essentially like the Thrashers in, in, the, in, in, you know, between, in this six-year sample size, which was the last six years that they were in Atlanta, you know, had to, basically were the same as the Jets, and, but, you know, they had bad management. <laughs> and, of course, you know, at first it was, you know, oh, I was like, ah, a lot of people like this because, of course, the usual suspects. All smart people are like, well, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. And then, I th- but then. But then it then it gets out to, to the to the uh, I, I don't, to to the less intelligent portion. Well, of the it comes. It goes. Ooh, here come the fucking Jets Twitter police. Oh my You're god! Like, uh oh, I found someone talking <laughs> it, shit. The funny thing about it is, is that what I said was essentially a fact, with a tiny little bit of commentary, a one line of of commentary that was kind of like wink, wink. Yep. Because the the general thing is, if you if you haven't followed any of this over the past, you know, six years is that Atlanta was terrible. They were terribly run. They were terrible. Their fans sucked. And in Winnipeg, it would be different. Well, of course it's not different. It's exactly the same, but you know, so what, what I got the pushback on is apparently I'm an idiot because they have better draft picks. So here we are. (laughs) Winnipeg Jets fans, when confronted with a fact, which is they have the same amount of success as when they were in Atlanta in the last six years. Um, so the, in 12 years, into, into two segments of six, they have the exact same lack of success. Your thing is to bring up a fact that is not provable and be, may happen in the future, but maybe not, is that, they have be- that they've drafted better. Well, and so that's it. And, and, and I'm the idiot. I love right? how... I love how... Jets fans, the the, yes. the goof ones, yeah. Their whole argument for years and years and years to this day is wait and see. Yep. Just you wait, and you know what? I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump the gun on them. Hey, one day the Jets are gonna win a playoff game. Yeah, they are. You know what? It's gonna happen one day. So what's gonna happen is when it ha- when they do win, those people are gonna be like, "Told you so." <laughs> Won a won a game, but you know what the funny thing is? They say "told you so," and what I tweeted out still remains exactly the same as a fact. <laughs> and the other people I like as well, you know, what about the eleven years or the the five years previous that they were terrible? It's like, well, they were an expansion team. Like this team was not an expansion team. I love the people. The cupboard was bare. Yeah, the cupboard was bare with like twelve guys that are still on the team. Yeah, to this day, by the way, the cupboard was not very bare. It was was it was it the most was it the most dynamic uh, team in terms of prospects? I'm going to say no, in hindsight. But to say as fact that the Jets have a dynamic um, prospect pool right now is you know is is not truthful. It's speculation. It's just speculation. Some of these guys aren't going to be very good, and that's just a fact. That's just how the hockey works. Some of these first round picks aren't going to be like all awesome players. They're just not. It's, it's just the way it goes. So I, I liked it. I got the Twitter firestorm. I just laughed about it because um, it doesn't really matter. Because in the end, it's not really important. There was someone yesterday that was like two more years, man. It's like eight years in. Like, yeah. And that's, well, why, yeah. That, that's why I made my tweet because I was just like, we need to start putting the length of time that has passed in perspective. 
That's right. Exactly. That was great. So the first thing I thought is actually like about your kid where I'm yes. like, he's in kindergarten. Yep. And when this whole thing started, was he, when they were, was he born when they were back? Yeah. He was he, two months he old. Was two months old. Okay. Yep. So he was basically like, they came back the same year he was born. Yep. So, so yep. we can trace, we can trace how long it takes for this team to be successful by <laughs> your kid. No, so, yeah, and that's so he's in kindergarten now. Be successful. It's be like the the least amount of success you could possibly have. Yeah, so he's in kindergarten, right. and we still haven't got that playoff win. That's how much time has yeah. passed. But then, of oh course, god, yeah. But then, of course, I was like, what? What events actually took six years? And I was like, well, yes. at first, for a long time, I was like, I can't use World War II because it was seven years because of my yep. math. It's all six years exactly. And then I was yep. like, wait a second, it is yep. six years. Exactly, and it's like you know, we were able to turn that war around. We, me, I was there. In, <laughs> you, were uh, there. It, it, you know, they turned it around in six years and won it. But that, so that's possible. But but playoff win again, yeah. as you said, the least amount of success. Like the best this team has done so far is the least you can do in the playoffs. Like the absolute least, the last seed and no wins. Well, my favorite today was it kind of got when, when you talk about when we talk about the least amount of success you could possibly have. There was someone on Twitter, and I, I won't even say who it is because I'm not uh, really out to call people out, but the guy was, like, doing his whiteout memories <laughs> from two years ago. And it's like, that's what you're reminiscing about, <laughs> making the playoffs once and not winning a game. <laughs> and you're all like, oh, the party at Portage in Maine. <laughs> what? Whiteout memories. That's that's what we're reduced to. You know, all oh, the best thing that, that ever happened is uh, we, we drafted a dude second overall, and it was awesome. All right. Yeah, we won a lottery that's, because we were a bad team. That's the thing, right? I mean, you know, when I talk about management, I mean, at some point they have to go like, have they been successful? And you have to look at every single thing. And honestly, you got to discount the, the second overall pick because it was a consensus number two. And you took the consensus number two at number two when you lucked into it. Well, so and, I, you know, and, and you forget, why did we have the pick? Like, why well, did we have they, the pick? Yeah. Because they were a bad team, and so you're supposed oh, to be yeah, proud absolutely. of this. I don't know. No, I know. I you, again, but yeah. So Jets fans, um, I, I I do enjoy um, being called names and being told I'm stupid um, because it's it just it just reinforces it for me whenever I make fun of them. So well done. So that's the Jets. That's the Jets. Go Jets. You go. have had quite a quite a few weeks. I guess so. Um, well, you 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 had a let let's uh, tell me about uh, tell tell the listeners about uh, your your big uh, your big wrestling weekend last weekend. It was a great weekend. It was yeah. uh, so we did NXT Takeover, we did yep. Survivor Series, and we did Raw. Nice. Let's start with Raw. Raw okay. is Raw is a really bad fan experience. It just is. Like I don't think I'll do a Raw again. Unless I know there's some like super hot angle, like there was a good main, yeah, ev- a good main event, but it's a three hour show and it's live. And when they go to commercial on TV, they go to commercial in the building. They just sit there. Like I, I remember, I've only been to one run. It was in Calgary. We were both there, and I remember the same thinking the same thing. It was like this isn't very good. You just like it's not it's not a fun experience. Like they don't have they rarely go to commercial when a match is on, so they don't even do any stalling. There's literally no action. Except for watching yeah. the ring crew maybe change the ring around. And they play commercials on the scoreboard. 
And it's all for like WWF crap. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's a, t- by the way, this company, they have some of the worst <laughs> fucking toys. Let me tell you. It's like, <laughs> so they advertise, they advertise a ring that has. Uh, is this a- the one with the breakaway portion in the middle? Oh, there's that one too. That was the second one I was oh. going to talk about. <laughs> okay. So they have a ring and it's all, one. the ring breaks. It's like, what? <laughs> what's the demand for that? Yeah, or the one where you, where you where you do one move and the and the, and it busts a hole in the middle of the ring. Yeah, like so it's like okay, so the match is over after one move. Got it. There's they're an, they're all recreating something that happens like once every like four years. So then they have another they one. A ring. They have another one where they have a cage suspended above the ring, so you can put somebody in the cage. Oh yeah, and then they're like, get the ladders. This is in the commercial. But then <laughs> they stack the ladders up outside the ring against the ring posts. And it fucking uh-huh. slingshots wrestlers up into the cage. Like, it just shoots <laughs> them up. And the guy that I went to the, <laughs> to the, to the show with was like, can't wait for that match. It's all, <laughs> it's all where they fucking catapult wrestlers into the air. Catapult shark cage ladder match? Yeah, and, like, people are fucking, you know, they're all falling off a shark cage onto the concrete floor in this, in this <laughs> toy scenario. It's like, can't you just have wrestlers that wrestle? Like I don't, I never minded those ones where it was like on the turnbuckle they have a little launcher. Yeah, because it's you know it makes sense that you would you know launch yourself off the top turnbuckle. But I yeah I don't get any of that. That's strange. So Ross Raw kind of stunk. Uh, yeah. Survivor Series was fine. Like the matches were okay. Uh, yep. There was their main Survivor match, the five versus five main match, was fifty three minutes long. That's craziness. And, like, massive overbooking. Like, when you actually break down all the interference and all the little angles that played out, <laughs> it's just like, you know, I get that it's fake, but this is so unrealistic. Yep. Uh, but it did have Brock and uh, and Goldberg. Now, just a little preamble for me. I mean, when, when I saw it, again, for, for all the listeners, I would, ca- I would ca- kind of categorize myself as a casual... Uh, wrestling fan at this point, but uh, a fan who, a casual fan who used to be a massive fan. So and I do still follow things and pontificate on them on time and time. And I was thinking, why? And I, why Lesnar Goldberg? I just didn't get it. And I am a also had been a massive fan. Uh, I watch the big pay per views, and yeah. uh, I watch like you know some of the specials like NXT and cruiserweight stuff that they have on the network. I yep. don't watch Raw. I listen to uh, Brian Alvarez review it. Yep. Because honestly, he does it in about 25 minutes, and it's way more entertaining than the actual show. Of course it is. Uh, but, uh, but you know, the pay-per-views were in town, and it's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to that. And so, yes. uh, you know, they, they did this match because they wanted to sell video games. Yes. And they really built up the match very, very well, unlike everything else that they do. Mm-hmm. And then they went into the match and fucking let uh, Goldberg beat him in a minute. And you know awesome. what? I I don't give a fuck if it was the right or, or the wrong thing. Like, I don't even care. It was so awesome. I I watched it. I mean, I knew that it happened. I followed it on Twitter. So I went and I when it got on YouTube for that short period, I watched it. And it was awesome. Yeah, it was fucking great. So you, I like seeing things that you don't see, but that are, you know, not ridiculous. Exactly. So I like the fact that 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 I mean, it, Take away for a moment that that Bill Goldberg is a 49-year-old dude who hadn't wrestled in 12 years. Just take that away. And take away the fact that they fought once before in 2004, and it was absolute garbage. That was awesome. Yeah, it was fun. 
and then the NXT show on Saturday was fucking great. Uh, yes, and were... that's kind of a running theme when we talk about wrestling, is NXT is awesome. Well, their TV show is kind of boring, because they, like, it's not bad, but they center it around a lot of people who they actually don't put on the pay-per-views. By the time they okay. get to the pay-per-views, most of the guys on the pay-per-views, like, NXT is supposed to be this developmental territory, mm-hmm. and everybody that carries the promotion is actually, you know, have cut their teeth on the indies. Yeah, we've been around a while, some of these guys, right? <laughs> yeah, and then they come in and they get the top spots on the pay-per-views. Yes. So, let's see. On the, uh, the, the There were four things about the card that were great. Uh, number one okay. is that uh, they have a wrestler named Ty Dillinger. Who, okay. Whose gimmick is that he's the perfect 10. So yes, he, So, he flashes, like, the 10 at the fans and everyone goes 10, 10, 10, 10, right? 10, he's over. Yeah, the gimmick is over anyway. The gimmick is over, but even better is then for the whole fucking weekend, whenever the ref had like was doing a count, every every number was ten. <laughs> awesome. It's all during countouts. Ten. <laughs> ten. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, great. So that's all right. Uh though it's gonna get it's gonna get annoying fast if it keeps happening. Yes. Uh number two is the Bobby Roode entrance, the glorious. Oh. That's the best fucking song in wrestling right now oh it is eh? yeah the fucking glorious theme song that nice. like, the dude is such a boring wrestler but the entrance totally makes the gimmick and he's got like the big robe and shit yep yep yeah, nice uh number three is shinsuke yes and, and his entrance fucking rocking out with people playing the violin and Great. and he and then he lost he lost to joe Good old Samoa Joe. Yeah, Samoa Joe. And then uh, the other one is the tag match. If you if you get a chance, man, that fucking best of three falls tag match was was fucking incredible. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna seek it out because if there's anything I like, it's best of three falls tag matches. Yeah, it was the uh, a team known as the Revival, uh, who are yeah. the champions against uh, uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. And there was a title change, and it was exciting and fun, including uh, when the title changed. Uh, both of the heels were in the babyfaces' respective finishers, yep. and the camera's right on them, and they're all, like, one's going to tap, and the other one all grabs his arm and blocks him nice. <laughs> for, like, for like a minute until they both just tap out. It was great. Awesome. So, good wrestling uh, weekend. You had a good uh, time. Yeah, again, by the time, like, you know, next time, if they did it again, I'd skip Raw. But uh, yeah. definitely everything else worth seeing. So that was good times. And, good stuff. Uh, and then I've been seeing lots of junior hockey. That's right, you have. Including a, Thursday, around. including a Thursday night game in Peterborough where when the Pete scored a goal, this woman in front of us who was like 80 <laughs> got up. And I, I didn't even notice at first. I just thought she was waving a towel. And I was, nope. sitting, I was sitting with a guy uh, who writes for a site called... Uh, Dauber prospects, which I thought, thought you'd appreciate, <laughs> of course. Uh, but he uh, he's been on uh, the two hundred four one six show, so he uh, so we met up at the game, and uh, he's like, I think she's waving a bra, <laughs> awesome. and we look at it, it's a big ass fucking bra that she's just swinging <laughs> over her head. So that's awesome. already, that's already weird. Yep. Then during one of the goals, she's swinging it over the head, and the fucking stuffed dog mascot walks by, <laughs> and he's like a dog with like full hockey gear on. Yep. So, like, pants and, you know, fake skates and the jersey and the helmet. 
Yeah. And he walks up and he pulls the front of his jersey up over his fucking dong. And he's like, <laughs> like, unmistakably odd. Both me and the guy that I was there with are like, that was weird. <laughs> Super strange. Keep in mind, this is junior hockey. So these are players who are 20 and under. <laughs> yep. So, uh, anyway. Ah, junior Hawks. You've been, you've been, you've been uh, doing the tour. You're, you're taking your, uh, your, um, your kind of, cur- your, your podcasting career very seriously. Checking out all the prospects. Well, keep an eye on things. You know what? It's fun. It's cheap. Yeah. Get to get to. You're ex- in, you live in the area. You might as well eh? get to explore Southern Ontario. Get to see some. Uh, get to see some prospects. So I, do, I don't know shit about most of them. Like I'll know more. I'll know more in the second half of the year when like the best players start to really emerge. Yeah. For now, it's just uh, something to do, and uh, I want to see most of the arenas. And so, yeah, some hawks. I want to say, well, we're still in Hawks, and I know we skip past the Jets, but I have to say how pleased I am whenever I see, like tonight, which is we're recording this on a Saturday, on Saturday the 26th. Yep. Um, seeing tonight uh, when seeing uh, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews scoring goals and shit, and Jets fans are steaming. Because they all can't just enjoy their rookie. They all have to have him be the best. Well, I love... And when he's not, it makes them so sad. I love how when... Um, Austin Matthews was not scoring goals, and Liney had the other, had the second hat trick, and you know he was doing pretty well. Yep. The Jets fans were like, "Those leaves all over." They were like, "Those leaves totally got to regret that pick." And I was <laughs> yeah, like, right. Here, "Here's my counter to that." Okay, <laughs> one, they don't. <laughs> yep. Uh, number two, don't go fucking pretending like you know you you wouldn't have taken Matthews at one without blinking. It it wouldn't even be a question. Like. Because and what? It's just, and for, yeah, because it's a fucking center. I'm sorry. He's a better player. He's a better yes. player than Liney. Liney's a great oh. goal scorer. It doesn't. He's not a bad player. He's probably going to have a great career, and he's going to be a better goal scorer. Fucking Matthews is the better player. Yes, he just is. Yep, it's okay. So anyway, and I'm Mitch very Marner. When I see it. And Mitch Marner's yeah. fucking dynamite. Him and uh, yep. him and Liney are tied, by the way, for rookie scoring. Austin Matthews is one point behind the two of them. And, yep. uh, and by the way, these guys have played three less games. Yes. Right? Uh, two, two now. Two or three less games. And uh, Toronto, with a little win tonight, has uh, moved ahead of the Jets in the standings. They sure have. So but they, you have know. Two, they have they've played two more games, the Jets. Yeah, but you know young teams. It's tough. They, they Well, they apparently they're supposed to struggle. Yeah. Apparently the Jets are a really young team. They, they have no vets, by the way. <laughs> I guess not, right? According to Jets fans, they have no vets. Oh, and and they're all injured because nobody ever gets injured on other teams. No, and the refs are against the Jets. Always and the schedule. Always the referees. Don't forget the there's schedule. There's a conspiracy. Don't you know that there's a yeah the schedule too? There's a conspiracy against Winnipeg. Well, fucking you uh, know. Clearly, the NHL doesn't want the Winnipeg Jets to succeed to the heights that they should, and, and they're trying to. And and my question is, if that's the case, then why are you watching? Well, fucking, yeah, exactly. If it's fixed, turn it off. And yep. fucking Toth mentioned a few days ago again, he's like, well, super tough. Like, you can't attract uh, free agents to Winnipeg. And I was just like, you know what? If you're uncompetitive to bring players to your city, why have a team? Well, here's the thing. And I, you know what? I wanted to bring this up during the Jets thing, and I had made a note of it. I actually wanted to tweet this out, but I couldn't really quite word it the right way. You know, Winnipeg, this is the, this is the, this is the thing. Jets fans will tell you... <coughs> These kind of Jets fans. Oh, Winnipeg's the best hockey city. It's the best hockey city until it's a, it's a convenient excuse to be like, fucking challenging market. <laughs> Small market challenge. People don't want to come here. You know, 
when it's convenient. Yeah. Every other time, it's like best hockey city in the world. We're the be- <laughs> best fans, best hockey city. Hockey belongs here. But then when it's when it when it needs an excuse, it's like, well, you know, it's it's a challenge. <laughs> Running, it's a it's a challenge for the management to run a, a competitive hockey team in this market. <laughs> Jesus fucking God. Well, pick something. Pick one or the other. Well, if it's the best. Then you should expect your management team to be able to get any fucking player here. They can't do it. They just can't do it. By the way, um, also lots of you know all that cheering over the Jacob Truba contract. And I was thinking yeah. to my, I was thinking to myself today, the, the Jets sent out a fucking uh, Black Friday offer for single tickets for tomorrow's game. Yep. For like fifty bucks, I was looking at ticket prices for the week that I'm back in Winnipeg over Christmas. Yep. Not having realized that the fucking starting price for tickets has gone up to seventy one dollars. It sure has. Before fees and other shit, right? And the fees are nuts. And the top price is now about two hundred and thirty bucks. Yep. And I thought, you keep fucking cranking up that price over and over and over again. And then Jets fans are like, Well, saved a lot of money on Truba. And it's like, Well, you haven't saved any money. No, nothing. <laughs> and the thing is, and I enjoy they've jacked the ticket prices, yet every game they're begging me to buy tickets. I get emails three, four times a day begging me to buy single seats or double seats or whatever. But no one wants to talk about that. Well, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. We we looped back to the Jets and, uh, you know, whatever. So let's get into. Maybe we should quit while we're ahead. Let's get into the the goodness. Yes. It's 90s night on uh, the sleepover. It sure is. So, uh, you know, strap on your Walkman. (laughs) Your Discman's. Your Discman's. Sorry, your Discman's. I I rocked a Walkman for a long time in your, the 90s. Your fucking Nike Airs and your Reebok pumps. Oh, God, I had some Reebok pumps. I had Nike Airs. Oh, Jesus. Actually, I used to have fucking tracks shoes from Byway. Nice. Until I, was I had... Yeah, my mom bought me... Uh, oh, what the fuck were they? I, I really wanted... Um, I wanted uh, Converse ones in, like, the 80s. I wanted some Chuck Taylors. I all got bullets from Wolko. <laughs> And I got some pair when I wanted some high top basketball kicks in the early nineties. I got some ones with like a basketball going through a hoop on the fucking tongue. <laughs> I can't remember what it was called, but uh, I I was no stranger to the to the cheap knockoff shoes. Oh, I know the best knockoff uh, thing that ever happened to me was uh, so apparently, if I recall correctly, like Levi's jeans. Yeah, it was it was great to have them, but <laughs> if you got the orange tag, they were trash. <laughs> seriously so my mom so my mom bought orange tag jeans and fucking <laughs> cut the orange tag off and sewed a red tag on it nice <laughs> so i could all get away with it <laughs> uh, your mom is awesome hey awesome and you know what then of course when we got to like the mid 90s and you know you want to look like trash then orange tag all came back in style of course of course so everybody here put on your put on your flannel <laughs> And uh, and your torn jeans, and let's get into it because it's t- we're talking nineties. Now, way back in episode four, we yes. had an episode with Ali the Backyard Beats O'Gratton. We did, and we talked about a handful of nineties albums which we would want to have with us on a desert island. Yes. So I kind of piggybacked off that theme, but yep. decided that for today's episode, what we would do is we would go through each year from nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety nine. Yes. And each of us would just uh, feature one album. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, I didn't really put the parameters under what the album had to be. It was just, you know, for me, Let's talk about it. for me, it was, I put out an album that either a, um, in retrospect, I liked, or B, I was listening to at the time yep. or C, I think people should get now. I, I own, I own all these albums. Uh, yep. again, not necessarily the best, uh, album out there for every single year, but, uh, no. And also, there are some albums that I've talked about extensively on my list, and there are other oh, I know ones, what's coming. <laughs> and there are, but, but there are other years, and just for example, in 1999, uh, There Is Nothing Left to Lose by Foo Fighters is not my featured album. No. Because, because it's, we, we, we've talked about it. Talk about. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, my, that's the way I, I put it together. And you? The way I put it together is I just went albums that I own, um, albums I feel people should listen to. And some of them I listened to at the time, and I'll go through each one. And um, it's, it's almost exactly the same. And it was tough. It was tough when we got into 97, 98, I got to say. Some stinkers. Because there's albums I love in those years, but I've talked about them a million times. For example, like I'm not going to be talking underdogs today. Oh, folks. damn. So, you know, like that, that would be something where it'd be like, that would be a slam dunk, but you know, it's a sleepover. And if you've listened to any episode, you would know already that that's a highest recommendation. So, well, you'd have um, to be a fucking like dickhead to keep having it on your list. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler oh, alert. God. So, spo- <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. Zip. I got to slip. I got to zip my, my, zip my lips. Um, but that's for me. Cause I, that's all I talk about is Matt good. So, um, I've I've kind of tried to stretch it out a little bit, and uh, I, I you know it's things I'm like you, you got to just check it out. People listening to this show should check out every single one of these albums on my list because they're all solid. So uh, who's gonna go for you? Uh, do you want me to start? You start. It's your idea, so you can go first, and I'll go first next week. All right. So in uh, in 1990, yes, uh, I'd like to pulled out some like rap thing. Yep, because uh, that would be cooler. Uh, not to say, not to say that this isn't cool, but okay. this is much more in line with what I was listening to in 1990. Ooh, and we played excellent. and we played some of this before. By the way, I should also mention before we get the music, we've we've each brought a couple of clips from each uh, album. So yep, we'll start with something. Yeah, this will be a landmark episode of the Mezzanine Sleepover. I'll move through it as best as I can. So here we go. Yeah, you know, and if you don't get to it, you don't get to it. <laughs> nice. So, Roxette, look sharp. Look sharp. That, uh, I believe, was your, uh, wasn't it like when we were doing songs? Uh, tw- like the year by year, like best songs? I think this was one of your songs. Oh, I'm sure I did the look. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, there's a lot of crossover with previous episodes, too. But yeah, so look sharp. It's got this one. Uh, it's got Dress for Success. It's got, yep. um, and it's, well, it's here. Here's another one. It's got Listen to Your Heart. Classic. Uh, yeah, there's another one on there too. Dangerous. It's kind of chalk. Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's pretty packed. Eh? These guys had a lot of fucking songs. I remember seeing. Let's them- hear this. Let's listen to "Listen to Your Heart" for a second. Just listen to her fucking sing. Nice. They had that song in the movie with the hooker. Nice. Yep, <laughs> the hooker movie. Yeah, the fucking the hooker bro- with the heart of gold movie. Yeah, the prostitute movie. <laughs> that was pretty good. So, you know, I mean, it must have been love. 
Yeah. You know, after you paid up. So, <laughs> anyways. Set, oh, here uh, we go. A good kind of two-album career. I'd actually give them... I'd give them two and a half albums plus a single. Yeah, and I guess I, and when I say that, I say in in, Amer- in, in North America. I, you know what? They had I, a, I cannot speak to Europe. They had enough songs to make a good one hour and 15 minute show that I saw them at. Yeah. Nice. So, so anyways, there you go. There's uh, Rock Set Look Sharp uh, from 1990. Go and pick it up. <laughs> yeah. it's uh, You can probably find it for real cheap. You can. It's not going to be uh, go to Value Village. at HMV. Go to Value Village or the Salvation Army and you should find it. Or you know, you know, there's always the the six ninety nine albums on iTunes too. Yes, there you go. I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was there. But I, I do agree that would be something that uh, looking for a good pop album from the early nineties. There it is. Um, for me, when I started for nineteen ninety, first of all, it's an album that I did not get into until nineteen ninety two. Second of all, um, for those of you who, who well, the, and that's almost everybody doesn't know, we probably alluded to this once, but we have a, we have a lost episode of the Mezzanine Sleepover <laughs> where we did best album openers and the audio was so bad that we just scrapped it. And so I kind of went back to the well uh, with one of my favorite opening tracks on an album ever, but this is a, a 1990 uh, alternative rock album and uh, let's run with the uh, first song. By the way, that last episode may be coming out around Christmas if we take a week off. Nice. <laughs> this Kid Frost? Here we go. <laughs> All right, so Juana uh, Sadiccion, uh, Ritual, De Lo Habitual, uh, an album from 1990. I didn't listen to it about 1992, and the Cajun Man had it, but he had the the Canadian version of the cover where it was just a white cover. Oh, yeah? With um, whatever it is, like uh, some kind of uh, uh, constitutional amendment on it or something about censorship. I'm not quite sure. But, um, of course, it's an iconic album cover with naked ladies. Oh, no. It's a painting. But, uh, yeah, this album is uh, very, very solid. A great kind of peek into the early days of alternative rock. Um, I brought with me a a few songs. Uh, The third one is probably the most well-known. Well, we're on the second one right now. Well, that's three days. This is three days. You might as well play it because I edited the the start out of this one so you could actually hear what's going on. So listen to this. (laughs) <laughs> so that's uh, three days, and again, that's is uh, Perry Farrell. For those of you who don't know, uh, the, uh, the the father of Lollapalooza. Oh yeah, and uh, so yeah, and there's been caught stealing. I love the dogs. <laughs> yep, <laughs> dogs barking. Uh, a song about stealing things. It's pretty good. <laughs> Um, definite checkout, uh, a classic album. Uh, this one is a bit more of a obvious one, uh, that, you know, most people would know this album, but hey, check it out anyway. Go look, I tell you on iTunes, go see how much it is. It's got to be under 10 bucks. Here you go. Nice. That's saucy. You'll uh, hear that shit on Power 97 for sure. Oh yeah. Winnipeggers know the score. Uh, 1991. 
Yes. 1990 motherfucking one. <laughs> All right. uh, this is definitely not that. There nope. we go. I've played songs from this album before. But I some SOTW action. But I believe this is the first time for this, the ones that I've chosen for today. Good. But of course, this is Spirit of the West, and this is uh, uh, Go, Go Figure. Figure. Yes. Go Figure, which I think is my favorite album of theirs. Uh, it, it must be. It's you, pretty you solid. Have, you have, yeah. It's kind of their first, like, I don't even know how mainstream they ever got. But everything up till this point, including Save This House, was kind of indie. Yeah, this one kind of takes it a little more polished. Yeah. This album a little bit more with some pop sensibility to it. Yeah, and they did a little a really, rock sensibilities. Yeah. Yeah, and they did a really good job of it. Yeah, and it's I, a great album. I probably had this album for about ten years before I got into this song, but this song is fucking great. Yeah, like, it's good, amazing. Grace. Uh, and then the other one I have from this one is uh, this one. And big head action. Now, of course, we also have like different democracy. Political, far too Canadian. Far too Canadian. You know, lots Classics. of lots of good stuff on this one as well. But uh, these are the two that I picked. I love this song. Good band. I mean, it's it's. You know what? That album is solid all the way through. You know, open the door for Great Big C, as I've always said. Yes, that's a little bit of a little bit of Celtic rock pop, <laughs> pop Can- rock in good old Canada. Yes, you know in the states of, there's the, Canadian references, so that's good. Oh, tons of them! So many political references. Yep. Yeah, they they fucking wrote a song about Preston Manning for fuck's sakes. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ninety one. Oh, nineteen ninety one for me. This is I had this in nineteen ninety one, and uh, if you knew me or in, you know if you knew me like you know me, this is not a surprise for nineteen ninety one. Let's go with uh, yeah, let's start with the first one. And now. The wondrous world of. I love the long intros. <laughs> Here we go. And I'll be your tour guide through South Central Los Angeles. So, this is the uh, Boys in the Hood soundtrack. Beautiful. Uh, we kick it off with How to Survive in South Central by Ice Cube. Um, Boys in the Hood, the movie. I mean, when this came out, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. The soundtrack or it the movie? Had Ice Cube in it. Oh, the movie or the soundtrack? The movie. Well, both, but the movie was amazing. It was a great movie. Um, so when people think about, like, we used to like, uh, you know, NWA and my, my friends and I, and we were, we were kind of, you know, we were kind of hard, but of course we didn't dress like Ice Cube in Boys, Boys in the Hood. We all dressed like Cuba Gooding Jr. in Boys in the Hood, <laughs> all rayon fucking shirts with fucking polka dots on them, <laughs> all rap dancing at, at, at dances. Fucking nerds. Uh, the second track I've highlighted is Work It Out by Moni Love. Oh, background. I'll clap your hands to the beat action. Yep. Uh, a great sample by the SOS band. So uh, check it out. Uh, Moni Love, work it out. There's a lot of great tracks on this album. One of the more iconic ones is the third one that I've featured here that I've edited heavily to get out the intro with all the gunshots and stuff. The uh, legendary bassist Stanley Clark doing a song called Black on Black Crime. We all fucking love this song so much. It's just an instrumental, all, all brooding and foreboding. 
Oh yeah, would you just sit there and get hyped up to do all your fucking yeah, you gangster just... activities in South Saint Vitale? <laughs> it was more like reflective. It'd be oh. like, oh man, I slashed too many tires tonight. I can only imagine what some of you fucking nerds thought about. Just oh my god! You know what? It, it's it's a, it's a I I just remember with the Raiders jackets and the Raiders hats. Bunch of fucking bunch of fucking thirteen and fourteen year old long haired assholes. Sitting around yeah, with baggy pants and Raiders Winnipeg? and Raiders terrible. jackets, Fuck. terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Boys in the Hood motion picture soundtrack is really, really good. And uh, for a nice kind of microcosm of of that scene in 1991, it's it's a good little uh, good little soundtrack. So check it out, fellas. 1992. Yes. And my pick shouldn't surprise anybody. Much more bang, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or no, that's 1993. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. This has been played on the sleepover before, I think. Unless I'm lying. Now, now here's a shocker. This was the album that I got into Pete with. This was. Yeah. This is when I was like, I think I like this guy. Well, I, this it is was a like, great fucking album. Like, you know, it was like, I like Genesis. Hey, did you know they had a singer before, Phil? They did. Who? <laughs> then I saw that. Gabriel. Then I saw that Steam video with the fucking. The train going into the tunnel, and they fucking put Peter Gabriel's head at the front of the train. Yeah, it's all his face, all all fucking the big muff diving fucking uh, <laughs> <laughs> video. I'm like, all right. Oh god, or, Steam was great. Or fucking Steam, where he's all he's all in the fucking sauna with all the ladies and towels, all sliding back and forth, <laughs> and he's all looking at the camera like, hey, hey, not <laughs> Pete. Uh, uh, so this song, of course, is digging in the dirt, right? Which is creepy. Yes. Which is why it's awesome. And, Another uh, creepy video. Him with uh, worms and insects crawling all over his face. Yeah, and then, of course, the other song I have, which is the title track from the album, Secret World. Yes. Which I will just get to the... Where's the good stuff? That's not the title of the album. Oh, no, it's Us. Sorry, Secret World is the title of the live it's the, tour. It's his live album. It was a tour okay, after this. I know more about Pete than you do. You do. It was a tour. Look at me. The tour. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, this, this song is my favorite Peter Gabriel song live. This part here. It's here. It doesn't, you know, like it doesn't come off nearly as well uh, in the studio version. They do no. the fucking simplest thing, though, where he'll sing this part. And then in the instrumental version, it's just him and everybody on stage. And all they do is they put their hands out, like, straight to their sides, and they fucking spin. And I'm nice. like, that's fucking great. Like, such yep. simple choreography, but I'm like, this is so worth watching. I remember when I saw him live a few months ago, and I and they did it, and I'm like, how did I almost not go to the show? I, uh, my, my favorite thing is I was watching, uh, I was actually listening while I was working to just some live... Uh, I, I don't know if it was Secret World Live. I'm not sure, but he was doing Shock the Monkey, so I had to watch it. Yeah, he's all he's all crawling around the stage, all knuckle dragging like a fucking chimp. Well, Shock awesome. monkey. <laughs> monkey, 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 monkey. Oh, and I was also researching because I, I, I a little a little preview for next week. Oh yeah, when we do a when we do a, a special musical challenge. I was looking for some interesting instruments and songs. So of course nice. you find a lot of Peter Gabriel. Of course you do. So there you go. The good choice. That is a great album. And now we got your 92 album. 1992. Here's an album I didn't listen to until 1993. Um, but it's an essential listen for the uh, 
the world of music in 92. This is the Lemonheads. Look at you. The album is it's uh, it's a shame about Ray. Um, wh- it's a great fucking album. And uh, this is a song called Confetti. I uh, I didn't get into this until I heard Mrs. Robinson when they kind of re-released the album. <laughs> what movie was that in? What fucking movie was that in? They put it in some fucking movie, didn't they? I probably. I'm sure. I mean, they the did. originals from the originals oh, from the Graduate. No, it was it was. Um, I know what it was. Didn't they have it in American Pie? They might have had that afterwards, many years later. Yeah, I'm sure they but, did. But but um, they did release this album. Uh, Mrs. Robinson is my third track to highlight, so you don't have to play it. It's not the best song, but that's what got it, it got me into it. Uh, I believe on on a band trip because it's on my mixtape number seven. From uh, from about May '93, so I was listening to it right around then. I wonder if I bought it in Edmonton. Oh, that Edmonton trip! I'm telling you, I bought uh, Duke in Edmonton, so you know this. This is the title track here that you're playing, and uh, it's this is alternative rock uh, at its finest. You don't say. Yeah, there you go. So the Lemonheads. It's a shame about Ray. Uh, check it out, folks. Probably a bargain basement deal on iTunes. <laughs> Look at you hawking the iTunes. Going I sure the, am. Going for the big corpse over uh, yeah, well, over maybe, Black maybe Friday weekend. Maybe they'll maybe Apple will sponsor this the sleepover. If you can't find it, yeah, before they tell us to shut down because they're like you know all this music. All, that the, all have... the music you're using. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all hey, right. Uh, the way I see it is, we're providing previews to fans who would who might buy things. That's right. That's right. Uh, so this is 1993. Yep. I'll be along here. This is an album that I didn't really listen to until about 1995. And to okay. be honest with you, I uh, don't really listen to a lot now either. But I thought it was okay. important that it was a it was a good one to feature. Okay, and you'll know why right away. Ah uh, yes. So some country music. Yeah. <laughs> I saw these guys. I told you about the concert. I yeah. saw them in. It was like a country show, basically. <laughs> Like that's all uh, it is. Counting crows, folks. It is, and uh, this is a song called "Mr. Jones." So if you, I, 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 if you haven't ever heard of it, um, it is, it is a song of theirs that you might know. <laughs> it's off uh, an album called, I think, "August and Everything After." Yes, I believe that that's this is an album, album that I believe my dad owned in 1993. So, <laughs> and uh, if you would like to see. Uh, Adam Duritz fuck around for four minutes. Go see them play this live. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny bands like this, right? They have like one or two hits, three hits maybe. And they all get mad about playing that hit. Yeah, I know, it's right? Like it's made you so how much money? And honestly, like I get you played every night, but it, I mean, can you really hate playing it? Like, yeah, really? no, I, I, I don't, I don't know how. It's a, it's a decent song. I don't have a problem with it. So what's your next one? Is it round here? No, I kept round here off. I put Rain King on. Rain King. You know Rain King. Yeah. Yeah, Rain King. I don't yeah, know. Rain King. Whatever the fuck it's about. <laughs> it's, it's about something. Uh, I read this book in college when I was at Berkeley called Henderson the Rain King. There you go. That's what the singer go. said. Who gives a fuck? So anyways. It's very deep. Yes. So uh, anyways, Rain King. Uh, is the other one. This again is, uh, yeah, August and Everything After by Counting Crows. 
the counting crows. Oh, sorry, just counting crows. Counting. They're crows. not decounting crows. They're not. They're not a bunch of crows counting. No, they are actually counting crows. That's what they're doing. Yes. Stupid. Names. I always have that debate with people when they're like smashing pumpkins. I'm all actually they're the smashing pumpkins. They're like they're pumpkins that are incredibly smashing. Are they? That's what the name is. It's not taking a hammer to a pumpkin. It's they're smashing pumpkins. They're very smashing. I don't know. I hate that shit. But of course, the band themselves over the years just started dropping the and it was egregious. But anyway, 1993. Now I can say much more bad. Yeah, we have bounce because that's the actual line from an Ice Cube album. Um, we're gonna keep with the the alternative rock. Uh, um, in the alternative rock world, this is an album I got into a year later, but a classic. All right, here we go. Look at you. Ah, it's Cannonball by the Breeders off the album Last Splash. I remember once I had to do a project in band where we, like, transcribed a song for the <laughs> instrument, and I all transcribed the bass line of this for bass clarinet. I don't, I don't think I did very well. <laughs> so you weren't striking at this point? No, no, this was... Uh, oh, wait, now hang on. I got into this about fall of 94, so yeah, I was probably on strike. So you just didn't do the assignment, probably? No, I did the assignment. I remember doing this because I had, I had the guitar, some guitar magazine with the with the tabs of this, <laughs> and so I thought I'll just, I'll just you know transcribe it for bass clarinet. It didn't go very well. Um, the Breeders, uh, Kim Deal, after leaving, after Pixies broke up, joined up with her sister. Uh, tremendous band. Um, check them out. What do we got here? We got a couple other songs on here. The second one I, I provided. Are you playing number two here? Yes. This is a song called Saints. Uh, great song. Um, I, I don't know these kind of these kind of albums. It's just like, yeah, that's 1993 for you. Oh, very much so, right? Yeah. The so one. there you go. Not not a whole hell of a lot else to say, but uh, check it out. A definite uh, must-have for that for that uh, year. All right, 1994. Uh, I really couldn't go with anything other than this. All right. Yes. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Classic. So this is uh, throwing copper by live. Yep. Uh, I got into this a year later. Yes, you did. I, I remember when this album came out, and I saw the album cover, and I was like. What a stupid band. <laughs> All knowing nothing about them. Just the album cover. Yeah. It's like a painting, right? It's some yeah. kind of a painting. Yeah, exactly. You know, kind of distorted kind of uh, proportions on people, I guess. But what, <laughs> I don't really know how else to say it. One other memorable thing about this album, though, is this was the first time when I realized that, uh, at least at the time, this is 95, uh, yeah. Future Shop was a great place to go to buy CDs. <laughs> nice. I was like, these are cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it was like nine ninety nine. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so uh picked up some uh throwing copper and then you know we have this which everyone knows. Yes. 
Oh, a classic. Yeah. Uh, except that uh, I sang it at karaoke once. Uh-oh. Not, not, not like, forgetting that, you know, the chorus is like, and we won't be raped. Uh. Having to say it over and over again. So. So many, so much talking about rape when you're doing karaoke. And we won't be raped. Hey, yay. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, and then I could have just sang this one, which, you know, is what everyone knows these guys for. <laughs> Oh, yes. Well, the lightning is crashing. Yes, lightning crashes. This sound song... You... Top was never really a single. I just really liked the song. It could have been a single, but uh, obviously there was I Alone, and I'm sure there was something else. It was selling the drama as selling... you played. Of course, my, one of my favorites, Shit Town. <laughs> gotta live, hey, gotta live, gotta totally live. In Shit Town. Yeah, someone, if you're listening to it and you have it handy, not you, but the listeners... Listen to Shit Town and just scrub to the end if you want to. There's some there's some great little uh, little drum uh, fills in there that are that are quite quite impressive. <laughs> so I I enjoyed throwing copper. I remember I mean for me throwing copper it just reminds me of the, the summer of '95, but also like into the fall where we're all rolling to uh, to uh, to uh, in your house for and listening to that listen to that disc. Yep, good stuff. Discs. All right. 1994. Well, okay, so here we go with the uh, the cover of this episode, oh. and uh, uh, a band I've never played on the sleepover. So let's we might as well play it now. You didn't, couldn't tell. That's Sonic Youth. You haven't played them, right? That's crazy. Oh, I have not. Um, this is a song called Bull in the Heather off of their 1994 album Experimental Jet Set Trash and No Star. Um, a tremendous album if you're into anything kind of um, art rocky from the 90s. Um, this is it. I, one thing I remember about Bull in the Heather, I remember I had a um, lady friend who was like, if I was ever a stripper, I would dance to this song. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And, you know, at the time, it might have been the greatest thing I'd ever heard. Yes, of course. Now, of course, you know, for, for younger me. Um, but yes, absolutely. Uh, Bull and the Heather. This would be on... Uh, I actually listened to this in 94 when it came out. I bought it on, on cassette tape. Nicely done. And um, there's a, a lot of good tracks. My favorite track is the opening track. It's called Winner's Blues. It's number three that I provided. It's not a very exciting track, but it's very cool. And it just it's right from the time we were, again, band trip time, all 1994 style. Oh, that band um, trip, that fucking disaster. <laughs> band trips could be a whole other episode. Yeah, but that's, like, if you thought that our 96 and 95 episodes were inside, those band trip episodes. Oh, like, my God. Remember the wrestling God, match? Oh, Dr. Koss. Uh, what's, uh, what, <laughs> When we made uh, when we made secret plans to frame another room that included panty raid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, yeah, that would be on the, on the special side episode of Jazz Band Trips. Oh Jesus! Well, this is Winter's Blues. I, again, another one. Check it out. It's a fantastic album, and you can think about stripping when you're listening to Bull in the Heather. So there you go. All right then, stripas. All right. Uh, okay, here we go. This uh, there are some real obvious ones coming up. And well, geez, is... I, I wonder what '95 is going to be for you. <laughs> Hello.
Isn't the first track called Hello? That's what it is. Yep. <laughs> nice. And it's like start. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Of course, any excuse I can fucking get to play this magnificent album. Ah, yes. And I, and I love how it starts out with the opening chords of Wonderwall. That's amazing. You know what? Um, what's What was it? Uh, if you listen to, um, what's it, Acquiescence? Acquiescence? I don't know how you pronounce Acquies. it. Acquiesce. Acquiesce? Is that what it is? Acquiesce? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. They fucking, you can hear them mentioning Wonderwall in that song, too. Yep. It's like a little teaser. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, this is Oasis. What's the story, Morning Glory? I only have amazing two, album. I only have two songs on here because uh, I, I think the second one we may have already played, but of course <laughs> I pretty have. much played out the whole album. But this yes. is the opening track. It's called "Hello," and it's great. Uh, and then the other one, the little fucking ripoff of uh, John Lennon here, and then of course, oh, it's beautiful. Get some fucking Noel singing. Don't look back in anger. So there you go. By the way, great, great I, album. So I have to, I have to make a statement. Okay. I've been for years saying that Standing on the Shoulder of Giants is like, you know, a weaker album. Okay. That album is fucking great. Is it? Is it tight? <laughs> there, there. I don't think it's covered to cover tight. Okay. Uh, but I'd say there are at least fucking five, like, absolute tightness tracks on that album. So it's not quite T-I-I-I-T. Maybe T-I-I-T. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a great fucking album. But anyways, this one, five stars. It's pretty much a perfect album. You it's know, quite good. I mean, it's got two filler tracks, right? Which ones would you say are the fillers? Well, don't they have two, like, little short Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That don't count, right? Like... And sometimes that can affect, you know, you gotta, you kind of gotta wait through these like forty-five seconds. But at of least junk. At least they only kept it to forty seconds of junk on like the next album. Well, yeah. Then then it was every song you had to wait forty-five, fifty seconds to hear anything. Yeah. The fucking... But yes. Um. Uh. What's the story? Morning Glory. I concur. Probably and, on uh, sale it's on one iTunes. of the greatest albums of the nineties. Uh. Yeah. So ninety-five <laughs> to you, brother. Over to me. I teased this on Twitter this week. Oh yes, <laughs> I, 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 it was a teaser. Um, I, it's uh, an album that I was listening to in 1985, and the reason I listened to it is kind of funny. I'll get to it in a second. Uh, the, the the track I'm going to feature is my favorite track, one of my favorite tracks ever. And um, I had to cut out like the first like minute and a half because it was just too long and drawn out. But here we go. So this is uh, Sunny Day Real Estate. Look at you. Uh, the, the reason that I got it, this is their uh, self-titled second album, uh, also called LP2, also called the Pink Album. <laughs> so the album cover is pink with their name on it. So I was like, here's a, here's a little piece of the cover. And it was just pink. Um, this is a song called Eight. Now, I love this song. It's five stars. Here's the chorus. Um... I heard this song for the first time on the Batman Forever soundtrack. <laughs> the Batman Forever soundtrack is fucking good. <laughs> it's got fucking One Time Too Many by PJ Harvey. And it's got fucking uh, 
whatever the uh, whatever Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2, one of their better songs. And it's got this fucking song, and it's got Kiss from a Rose, which is an amazing song. So, um, not not to focus on Batman forever, but uh, <laughs> this album, uh, I, I picked it up because I was like eight, and I had never really heard Sunday Day Real Estate. Um, the band is had like four albums, and it was done. But this is uh, a high watermark. So, it was a uh, wise choice for them to be included on that soundtrack. They got at least one album sale from it. They sure did. They got, yeah. Which bled Not only into, did I buy Batman Forever, I also bought their album, so they actually got royalties on both. Which then bled into the uh, Mezzanine Sleepover and being featured on it, in which they will get zero royalties. <laughs> well, you know, maybe one of our listeners will pick up the uh, the pink album, LP2 or self-titled by Sunny Day Real Estate. It is a good listen. It is a fun listen. And uh, it's good times. Yeah. It's just nice alternative rock. Lots of bass. Yeah. There you go. All right. 1996. Getting out of the nitty gritty here. Again, you probably could guess what this is. And again, trying to find songs that we haven't featured before. Oh, God. There's not many, is there? I think this is one we've yes. already played. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. If you don't have this album, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. I'm still waiting. Like, they, you know, it's their 20th anniversary. I'm still waiting for the vinyl release. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, so this is, of course, I'm Mother Earth. It is. Scenery it's- and Fish. Which you saw them play this in its entirety, didn't you? I did. And it was tight, wasn't with it? With Edwin. With big jacked <laughs> yeah. up fucking Edwin. Yeah. Who could have fucking press slammed the whole band. Just yep. such a big dude. But uh, yeah, there's awesome. this one. And then uh, here's another one, which... You know, it's funny. I wasn't... This next track, I wasn't... Uh, I liked it, but I hadn't really thought about it for a long, long time. All and right. then Alio Grant mentioned it on our episode. Yep. And I was Kiss like, it. it's a fucking great song. <laughs> Especially because of the yes. name Pisser. So good. Here we go. Let's hear it here. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Well Everything done. about this album is amazing. This, they just did a damn like even Hello Dave, you're like, I can listen to this. I know, right? And it's nothing. They did not, like, I can listen. They, yeah. they did not play Hello Dave live at the show. They played the recording of it as they came out on stage. Well, okay, well that's, that's fine. I was like, I wanted uh, to hear it live, man. <laughs> um, so Scenery and Fish, I probably told the story. For me, I didn't even really... I liked One More Astronaut, and I couldn't get into it for like four or five months. Oh, and you- then it just... Then it just then it just became like everything. You actively hated this album for a while. Yeah, like yeah. the new Arm of the Earth album. If we had had Twitter, you would have been on record as putting like shit emojis and. Yeah, I'd be like, I don't like this album, and then you know it just it just turned. Actually, probably was it was probably two or three months. It was about in the summer, and I remember I did like a big one of my classic double cassette mixes. Yes, where I had two cassette uh, cassette cases all all taped together at the bottom and they all opened in opposite ways. <laughs> and I was like, I got, I need some content. And so like a girl made it on and then it just opened the floodgates. Cause like front to back, it's amazing. The other thing about this uh, album that is awesome is that it's got, um, and it's about a year later than mystery machine did it, but they did like, 
they did they they did uh, like CD-ROM content. Yes. And so great. it was all it was all super cool back then. They're like, this is an album, but if you put it in your computer, they got stuff on it, man. <laughs> it was so good. CD-ROM content. Fuck. Awesome. You know what? That was a great thing to do. Well, they were smart. I right? also like like you know what what CDs were great because some bands would put like um uh like content in the pregap. They put like songs in the pregap before track one. Yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, there was... that's what that's what's missing from from uh, from from actual physical media is the ability to do interesting things. Yes, now everything's just so uninteresting and bad. Though, though that being said, like Aphex Twin once did a song where if you played the sound file, you'd all see fucking pictures. <laughs> all right, so, so crazy. But anyway, um, nineteen ninety six. That 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 wins all. By the way, I'm gonna go uh, also some CanCon, but um, like uh, pretty much unknown. So this is the new grand. Oh, look at you. Now you're going way off the fucking map. I don't even know what this is. Yeah, it's a good uh, little uh, independent uh, alt-rock band from Canada um, in the 90s. I I talked about them on Twitter a few months ago, and we're like, just listen to it. Um, It's a fun listen. I listened to it, obviously. I I obviously saw them at university. Did you? I must have seen them at some point, because why else would I have just bought it? Did they play with Duotang? They might have. <laughs> I definitely saw Duotang like a million times. Back when you'd go see a fucking like little club show and the opener would play and if they weren't total shit, you'd be like, gotta get that album. Of course. Like retrograde. Like, yeah, you gotta have this because it's, you know, it's it's not terrible. Um, I don't have a lot to say about it. I had a hell of a time finding like a higher quality version of the cover because I can't find the CD anywhere uh-huh. for my iTunes and uh, and so it would, it, that would that that stuck to, with me I probably uh, I would I would put this as uh, one of the better albums that I listened to that this year it was that year it was pretty good there's one more burn all the biddies Yeah, we're going deep, deep tracks on the on the mezzanine sleepover. Yeah, but we're not going deep with this. And uh, you know, like I said, 1997, you'd have to be a fucking asshole to put this album on. <laughs> yes. So this is a band that we have recently gotten into, the Matthew Good yes. Band. <laughs> they have a couple of good albums. I have to, you know, I'm going to start working through them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're a great band. Uh, I, you know, like hopefully there's a lot of albums, <laughs> and hopefully they're going on tour in uh, the new year. Well, Matt, good, yeah, so we can see them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, this is of course uh, what you call Underdogs, the Matthew Good yes. Band with Underdogs, a uh, classic, an album that I did not get into until probably '98. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, but um, you know, it's fucking great. Uh, let's see. Oh no, I have three songs. All right. This I've is- told the story previously. Um, now, I, let that, me, uh, did, yeah, go ahead. Did you get lo-fi B-sides from uh, with this album? Because I don't know. Yes, I did. Oh, you yes, did. I did. And yes, I did. did your girlfriend at the time go to Vancouver and yes. hear about them and then tell you about them and you brushed it off initially? I brushed it off initially and then got the album bought for me for Christmas '97. See, I how by said I- girlfriend and then thought it was the. Then I was into it. But I wasn't, like, crazy into it. And then I saw them at the Pyramid. 
Oh, did you? Well, I, Were you writing for Spectre. the Red River uh, paper at the time? I was not. That would be uh, about a year and a half later, and I would interview the guitarist of Matthew Goodman. Ah, good. If you me. can believe it. <laughs> I can't believe you snagged that interview. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so we've talked about them. I mean, Matthew Good was number one on your all-time favorites list. Yes, he was. I think he was uh, fourth on mine. He's in my top five. Yep. Uh, the fucking best. Classic. And uh, this is everything was great. This is a great album. 1997. Fuck it. You have to get it. So there you go. Oh, it's a nice segue. I was going to wait for the next episode to talk about this, but uh, uh, did you get tickets to see Matt Good uh, play Beautiful Midnight? Not yet, but I'm going to. Fuck, got him. I'm so excited. Yeah, you told so me about excited. him. And I, now I have yeah. to figure out if I'm going to be back around that time, but I don't think I will if, be. If, if you aren't, that's fine. But if you happen to be, I got ticks. So yeah. let me know. Hey, but if not, that's all right. If I can't go, I'll, take, I'll bring the Cajun man. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't want to have a, a contest for a fucking listener, some dirty <laughs> oh, mezzanine sleepover listener to come with you. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we love uh, our yeah, listeners. I am very excited. It's gonna be a good show. But I'm telling you, I'd love to hear underdogs too, live all the way through. Hey, That'd you be should, amazing maybe as well. uh, when he's playing, you should yell, <laughs> "Play underdogs, like, oh, <laughs> play, play apparition, play Rico." <laughs> middle class that's the thing i don't i think that matt good might never play that album live because then you'd have to play middle class gangsters yep <laughs> which in retrospect is kind of like such a cringeworthy song yeah <laughs> but anyway uh 1997 uh, i'm continuing on trying to keep it a little bit uh a little bit fresh but uh i have played this band once before on the sleepover but i think that this is a uh, a must-have for the 90s Oh, beauty. This is the band Talk Show with their self-titled uh, debut and only album. Yep. 1997. Uh, these are the... This is... Uh, well, it's Stone Dole Pilots without Scott Weiland. This is Everybody Loves My Dog? <laughs> Everybody, Everybody Loves My Car. My Car. Yeah. This is a jaunty fucking album. Let's just go back to this. Yeah, well, here's my thought. I mean, this album, if this was a Stone Hill Pilots album, probably would have been huge. Oh, Because it's yeah. really good. Yeah. This but, is a song called John. Ah, uh, John. <laughs> but because it was a talk show, nothing. Yeah, Except for you. Nothing. Well, yeah. You know what the funny thing is, is that you, can, you can't even find this album as, like, released in 97 on, on the Wickeye. Really? It's got, like, every album released in 97, but not this one. So, it clearly went under the radar. Great album. Check it out, folks. Now I'm putting on... I'm putting in Talk Show. Talk Show Band. Yeah, they're on Wikipedia, but they're on Wikipedia, but on the list of, like, 1997 in music, the, the, the album release is not listed. They only... Uh, only two paragraphs about them. <laughs> not right. Uh, the talk show album on all music, three stars. I'd give it four. It's good. It's a good album. Yeah, fuck all music. Fuck all music. Fuck. That's some beauty. Hello, hello. That's fucking beauty. There you go. Uh, nineteen ninety-eight. Holy yes. fuck! We only got two left. We sure do. Uh, another one probably shouldn't be that big a shock. Nope. <laughs> 
Nice. Baby Blues. Fucking Sloan's big mainstream album. Awesome. I mean, they'd already gone pretty mainstream, but this was like it, right? This is where they peaked, at least in terms of commercial popularity. Yes. Because they made Money City Maniacs, a song that they will make money off of for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. Because every fucking hockey thing has to have that song in it. Of course. Uh, But uh, the rest of the album, super fucking tight. Yeah. Uh, the whole way through, I was looking forward to this album. I like the day it came out, and I and this was the first song that played. I was like, yeah. "Fucking a." Yeah, solid, solid stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and then the other track I put on from this album is this one. This is probably my favorite track on the album. It's a good track. I just wanna keep on We've played this one on the sleepover previously, have we? Yes. Oh yeah, this song. Yeah. God damn it. That's okay. Nope. It's a great track. Let's. You know what? Let's stop recording. And and, and I have to say that I will give uh, bonus points to this album for having a song called Chester the Molester on it. <laughs> and also, Stand by Me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great, right. great album. Navy Blues again, folks. If you don't have it, like it's one of those ones where it's like, just get the whole thing. It's really good. Yes. Do it. Um, now I go a little. Now I get. Now I get off the beaten path again. Look at you. Because I'm again looking for things, and I'm looking for albums where it's like, at this point, I'm like, well, for a few of these, I'm like, you got to check this out because you probably haven't. Uh, here's 1998's uh, selection. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we go now. <laughs> oh, you definitely weren't listening to this in '98. No, about 2000. This is uh, Money Mark. It's uh, Mark Nishida, who's known for uh, in a producer role with the Beastie Boys. And uh, I heard some of his other stuff and then kind of went back into his back catalog. And uh, his album, Push the Button from 98, is, is quite good. Push the button. Push the button. But yes, it's... Uh, this, this and Kid Koala I was quite into in 2000, 2001, so... Well, you were a fucking crazy man at that time. Well, I was. Buying every album I could get my dirty hands on. What's this song called? This is all song called, is this number two? It's called yeah. Crowns? Yeah. Just, uh, some, basically just kind of chilled out, piano-based, you know, electronic music, I guess. Listen to that fucking flute. And we've talked about the flute previously in, in Genesis songs. Of course we so. have. <laughs> and this is underneath it all. Just a good, solid fucking disc. Uh, check it out. It's 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 pretty tight. <laughs> you listen to when you're smoking some blunts? <laughs> <laughs> this would have been Ali O'Gratton's selection if he was on the show. Probably, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, Ali O'Gratton. we got to have him back on. We absolutely do. We'll have to see if we can do something for Christmas. Nice. Uh, 1999. We're at the end of the of the of the road, folks. Maybe my favorite year for albums. I I had this theory that in '99, I was like, "Well, the world's gonna end because of Y2K." So yes. all these bands are just pumping out like all their best material before it all ends. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot that I could have picked from, but I decided to go with this. I've played stuff from this album, I think, before, but um, I really love it. And uh, here we go. Oh, this is of course big fucking long ass intro. Cool. 
course! Uh, let me just do a little scrubby. Nice! So this is Kula Shaker. Good old Kula Shaker. From Peasants, Pigs, and Astronauts, a fucking magnificent album. It's quite good. Nice. It's actually kind of shockingly good. I know, right? Like, the yeah. album before this one, like their debut album, is okay. It's got Hey Dude. Yeah, it's not bad. It's got a few good songs. And most of what came after this is forgettable. Yeah. And then this album is just like cover to cover fucking magnificent. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the album if you want to listen to that. Lots of nice uh, like psychedelic shit going on. Yeah. So this is great Hosanna. Yep. And then, of course, another one with a long-ass intro, so I have to fucking scrub again. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. There we go. There we go. <laughs> this is the fucking start right here. A minute and a half of instrumental, <laughs> and then... This is a mystical machine gun. Yep. I love the song titles. Let me go... Oh... Yeah, I'm just going to let it play for a sec, because I want to get to the chorus, because it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. So were you into this at the time? I oh, yeah. At the time, I was. I got this album right away. Yep. Here we go. Nice. I remember going to the movies, and they played uh, Shower Your Love, uh, I, like, uh, before the movie started, on, like, yeah. the little radio that they played, before they showed, like, this is back when they didn't have previews of previews. Yeah, <laughs> Like, when exactly. you'd walk in and they'd have ads for shit, and... Yeah, the screen would Here, be off. Here's some trivia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they played Shower Your Love, and I was like, fuck, they made it. Cool a shaker. Yeah, in the theaters. This is my favorite song from the album. This is Five Star Jam. Alright. 108 Battles of the Mind. Yep. There's some saucy harmonica. Yeah. Watch this shit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Got the organ going? That's that's great. Oh, I know, right? Good fucking choice. There's a lot to choose from. Here's the other good part. Uh, That's a that album is quite like it's a standout kind of album for that time period as well. Yeah, but it's uh, quite a bit different from what else you would hear. They sure couldn't fucking follow it up though. No, well, I mean, you know what? And and I think about it, I'm like that. Everything was probably put into that, and that that's it. Sometimes you just you're just done. You got nothing more to give. I don't think that that after something like that. I don't think that album was very highly reviewed either. I don't think it was. And I didn't think it sold a hell of a lot either. Oh, no, it didn't. Uh, Three stars. Fuck all music. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck them. All right. Uh, 1999 for me, again, same as you, probably for all the same reasons, all the same bands. There was one fucking album, though, that kind of knocked me on my ass kind of out of nowhere because I wasn't like a massive fan at the time of this artist. And I'm still not a massive fan, and I like some of the stuff, and I played this artist before um, on the sleepover, including on my, in my top 15 last year. But in 1999, this dude came out with this album and it was crazy good. (laughs) 
Doc, that's nice. Well, this is some back. Midnight Vultures. It's like his fucking dance album. This is a song called Milk and Honey. I have two other songs. One's called Nicotine and Gravy, and the other one's called Peaches and Cream. You know, when he's not being fucking instru- or, uh, experimental. Well, when he just sticks to, you know, some good hooks and, you know, lets all the experimental stuff kind of flow in along with a, a good hook and a good chorus. And you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it's some good shit. Uh, the Night Vultures, I had, I had no, I, I, I got it for free reviewing it for the uh, projector at Red River College. And I was like, holy shit, this album. So I, I often forget about it. And when I came back around to do this, I was like, oh, this is great. It has to be on the show. <laughs> a must listen. Most people don't love this album by Beck, like Beck fans. Fuck that. It's the best one. Is it? Is this the best album in your opinion? It's his, oh, absolutely. That's a fucking hot take on the sleepover right there. <laughs> like, you know, he's won like Grammys and shit. This is the best album. I will tell you what uh, All Music had to say about it. It's all fucking sexy and sultry. Uh, all Music gave it three stars. <laughs> Fuck All Music! <laughs> I would love to know what Pitchfork would have to say, because I don't think they'd like that. Uh, let's see here. Does it have a Pitchfork? Pitchfork gave it 8.5 out of 10. They did? Well, they're, they're right, because it's, it's really fucking good. Los Angeles uh, Times people gave should it, check it out. Los Angeles Times gave it 4 out of 4 stars, and Entertainment Weekly gave it a A-. You know, I say, like, people don't like Beck, and I totally understand, but this is a good fucking album that stands on its own, even if you don't like the guy, because it's fucking catchy and good. So there you go. And that's, that's it. the 90s. Yes, that is the 90s. You do not need to listen to anything else. No, you nothing. Ha- Just you- what we talked about today. Yeah, we have told you all about the 90s, everything you need to know, including all the jokes that we, that we, that we threw in. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, you're welcome. And next week... Episode oh. 69, dudes. <laughs> 69, dude. We got uh we're cooking up another challenge. Ah, yes, and, we are. Uh, I've I've cooked up a beauty, I think. Uh, you have. quite a challenge. The what do you call uh, it? It's the a grab challenge bag. where we don't give any points and nobody wins, but it's fun anyway. Uh, the grab bag challenge where you have put together topics. Fifteen different categories based on a variety of things, and we're just gonna play songs. Because that's what we do best. Yeah, so we're gonna go record that now. Yes. And we'll see you, in a week. Uh, you all wait a week for it. And until then, I am one of your pals. My name is Slip with Five Eyes or Slip. And I am at Megamix.com. And uh, leave me alone. I don't want to hear from you on Twitter. So uh, fuck off. <laughs> Ready? Go! go!